Hello, and welcome to Connecting You to You Radio, where we tune in to receive the messages of health and well-being that are being broadcast from the soul. I'm your host, Lisa Warner, author of The Simplicity of Self-Healing. I show you how to heal your body naturally by combining your body's innate intelligence with the wisdom of your own soul so that you can break through the mental programming of limiting beliefs that cause disease and make healing your body and changing your life simple. Morning, everyone, for Solution Sunday. We are here today with famous Dr. Karen Can. <laughs> so, Karen is a doctor of light medicine and a regular real doctor, too. <laughs> Not <laughs> real. Retired, but yeah. <laughs> Traditional medical doctor. So, good morning, Karen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Hey, Lisa. So great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. It was so great to see you again at the retreat at Kathy's, um, the Recalibrate Your Wellness Compass. That was really cool and uh, loved your talk and uh, really, you know, resonated with your, what you were talking about, the, the vortex and the vibrations. Uh, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very good. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that was really fun. It was um, really just so nice to be with a group of like-minded people where we can just talk and share and help each other and raise the vibe. And that that then goes out into the planet. So as we raise our own vibration, those vibrations go out around us and affect the planet around us. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so important these days. I think that the message that you're talking about, my you know myself, it's uh, very key because uh, we're very you know outwardly focused as a as a society, and uh, we don't realize the power that we have within to change our outer reality and even how other people you know treat each other and ourselves just from our own internal harmony. Um, so I think that's really really important message. Absolutely. Everything, everything is energy. Everything is vibration. And the more we start to pay attention to our energy and our vibration, everything starts to change in our lives. You know, and I know that you want to talk about energy healing today, you know, that, that we have a brand new revolution in healing. Yes. And it's, uh, you know, I was talking to my husband, James, uh, yesterday, we were talking about um, what I would name stress, you know, like certain things happening in the world and things like that. It's stressful. Um, and then I said, well, you know, all, you know, you could, you could perceive that all stress is good, meaning that, that we need um, as humans, sometimes we need stress to move us. <laughs> you know, to get us off our butt, because the tendency is just to, when we're in a place where we're comfortable, it's very easy just to stay comfortable. Uh, but then when there's some stress, we actually move our butts. We actually start moving in a direction of our evolution. Now, some people, you know, aren't in that awareness, so they actually move in the opposite direction of de-evolving or, or in, in that space of, of, of really trying to stay the same. 
Um, and so this energy evolution really is about understanding exactly what you said, that everything is energy. You know, this is actually science, quantum physics. I mean, when you go down to the subatomic levels, uh, all you see is vibration. You know, there is more space than there is things really in our reality. Um, and, and so the um, energy healing taps into that quantum reality or that quantum space to make shifts and changes consciously. Um, and everything, for example, in Chinese medicine, uh, we used to kind of explain to people that before someone sees a physical illness in their body that's manifest as a, you know, a tumor or a rash or vomiting, whatever that is, that there's usually an underlying energetic pattern that is not balanced. I mean, it's very vague, but that's, you know, more or less how we explain it, that it's not balanced. Now, balance does not mean, you know, if you think about that scale, right? Like when they go like this, balance is not the scale doing this because that's not living. Living organisms do this, okay? So when we talk about balance, we're not talking about being perfectly balanced, okay? So if anybody says, I'm perfectly balanced all the time, I won't believe them. Either they're not human and they're ET, you know, pretending to be a human, you know, or or you know, they have a mis, you know, conception of what balance is. So balance is this this game, this play, this this interesting, you know, um, living um, frequency ups and downs, right? But what the the difference between being out of balance and balance to me is that when people are out of balance, it means it doesn't work for them. Like it's not working for their soul evolution. It's not working. Things are much harder. And what it, the balance will look more like this, right? Like the, the extremes, or maybe, you know, maybe their, their ups are not as big as their downs. So they're more like this. And so what we want to do is get as close to that golden thread that, that, you know, frequency of who we really are, ideal reality, as much as possible. So, so we're more like toggling back and forth here. And then it's, um, it's funny because it's, it's both uh, a peaceful place. And we said, well, comfort is not exactly where we want to be. So it's not that it's not comfortable. It's just that the stress we talked about earlier is not an outer stress that we create for ourselves. Ideally, it's an inner stress. In other words, for example, you know, I'm, you know, um, you know, choosing to expand my team because there's a lot of things I wish to accomplish and the three of us can't do it all. <laughs> okay. So then there's that stress of going, well, gee, uh, how do I budget? Like, how much do I pay this person? Who should I hire? Uh, you know, I'm interviewing. How do I put this into my schedule? Oh my gosh, I've been late last, you know, <laughs> you know, and that kind of stress, but then it's a, it's a pro Stress. They call it a eustress, which is a good stress because I'm forging forward on a path, which is the unknown. So I'm creating that stress, but it's to evolve me, evolve the organism, evolve the company, evolve my mission, as opposed to a negative stress where I'm just sitting back and just waiting for bad things to happen so that I move my butt, if that makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I love your point about you know, that day, night, you know, that, uh, that um, balance isn't just the sameness all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, when we just think about our regular circadian rhythms, up and down, day, night, up, down, up, down, Fre um, at frequency, waves, they're up and down, up and down. But that balance is that the highs and the lows 
are basically in a, a regular range instead of having, like you say, you know, like really, you know, one wave is really high and then the next wave is not so high. And <laughs> so it's a, it's a balanced frequency. Right, exactly. And then you and I both co-authored, you know, volume one and volume two of Navigating the Clickety-Clack, SAP's Build in a Seemingly Toxic World. And I think, and now they're, now they're looking for authors for volume three, <laughs> you know, because it was so popular and bestseller. And um, I think that message is really, really important that uh, we can fluctuate. It's okay to fluctuate. It's okay to even feel stressed in that moment, you know, like the computer stops working or whatever. Like it's, as long as we realize that, okay, I'm feeling it, it's okay. Like we can accept it because if we resist it, that's even worse. <laughs> so, and then we can get back to center as quickly as possible without judgment or, you know, self-criticism or, you know, any of those things that pull our vibration down further. Absolutely. And this really is the, the essence of healing, living in a healthy balance, because it's when our, when our stress gets the best of us and we live in that state of resistance or um, depression for a longer period of time, you know, our, our bodies are constantly responding to our emotional state. Mm -hmm. so when our emotions are out of balance, then our physical cells get out of bounds because that space in between the cells is receiving all of these messages. And when we're sending the message like, ruh -roh, things are not okay, things are not okay, things are not okay, the cells are receiving that message and they're going, ruh -roh, things are not okay. What do we do to protect ourselves? <laughs> right, absolutely. And I think, you know, it is definitely challenging in a different way than maybe, you know, 5,000 years ago, you know, when they did this Chinese medicine and, and describe energetic patterns and things like that. And, um, you know, today we have different stressors than, you know, they did back then, back then, you know, maybe they were dealing with uh, poor sanitation. Maybe they're dealing with a lot of, you know, uh, war, which is like in their face kind of war, the kind of war that we have these days is more like a digital war, you know, less physical casualties, at least for the moment, which is good. Um, but it's, with different stressors. So we have like electromagnetic frequency stressors, like even that, you know, 60 Hertz that like that resonates in our walls just from having electricity has been shown to um, imbalance or unbalance the nervous system. So um, let alone routers and cell phones and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we do want to minimize if we can exposure to uh, what Chinese medicine would call evil chi, and evil not meaning like good, bad, evil, that kind of thing, but meaning that disharmonious chi to our bodies, which is why, you know, nature is very important. Um, you know, grounding outside uh, is very important. And even if you don't necessarily like to go barefoot on the ground, you could just be in nature. And there's so a myriad of frequencies outside that can really help us rebalance because it's like a dance we're not just in isolation. We, you know, we dance with what we have. And nature actually provides pretty much every solution, solution, um, every solution that we have. And and, and sometimes nature is an innovation of our amazing, you know, evolution of how we can use nature, harness nature, be you know, be in a higher even frequency than nature. I've done the energy healings on aspects of nature. I think partly because. Um, 
you know, source creator was actually part of my learning and understanding that this is a dance uh, and, and that sometimes the nature gets out of balance because of human activity. And there are ways in which I can use light medicine and energy healing uh, to help. For example, there was one time, um, I think, it, well, there was several times, but uh, there was like a, a bug or some, some sort of like insect thing going on. Um, and I told my, my patient about it and she had this very interesting experience where there were all these holes in her um, shirt. And she goes, it's always near the same place. It's just so freaky, right? So we were doing in the office, doing some divine muscle testing, trying to figure out what it is. And it was some sort of insect or bug. And she's like, get rid of them, get rid of them. You know? And I was like, wait, 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 let's just ask, is there something that we are to do for them? And it was, it was some sort of insecticide or something that they were really stressed over. And so they were bugging her literally for help because <laughs> she, she had the capacity uh, to actually help them, but she was just so afraid that she couldn't even think in that perception. So we did whatever it was. We deleted this energy, we rebalanced them, and then that the holes in the shirt just absolutely stopped. Uh, then she got aware of that. And then one time there were like a group of beetles, probably about 50 of them at her screen door, like in a little pile, like a little pyramid. It just freaked her out again. So she was like, okay, okay, what would Dr. Karen do? Right. So yeah, she asked what they needed and they said, go get Dr. Karen. <laughs> Let her audience. So she, anyway, so we did another, you know, healing and uh, it's always interesting. Like sometimes microbes will be stressed by human activity spraying electromagnetic frequencies and we can interestingly we can delete those out of our energy fields if we know how to do that so we can delete those we can erase those we can download positive energies so that's some of the things that i teach you know people to do in my um in my courses wow so are you saying we can delete microbes from our energy field uh, well, we can delete the negative frequency of, for example, um, say, okay, so let's talk about microbes for a sec. So a lot of people, especially in our area, have come down with what they call Lyme disease. So I'm always putting quotes because it's all based on perception, <laughs> but we'll, we'll use the names that people often say. Um, so they may have an imbalance in their internal milieu, uh, their immune system. 80% of the cells in our body are actually in our gut immune, like the 80% of the immune system cells are actually in the gut area, fires patches. And so we don't pay as much attention to the gut as we maybe should in Western medicine, um, because we just think, oh, it's just a digestive organ, but we don't think of it as an immune organ. And we don't think of it as a brain. And it actually is. There's more you know, nervous system cells in the gut than there are in the brain. I mean, it's kind of crazy, right? And then there's 14,000 or whatever it is in the heart. I mean, there's all these, we have three brains. So um, what happens is it's whatever the Lyme, for example, uh, imbalance is, sometimes we can actually go in and clear or resolve it. But what we're doing really is rebalancing the relationship, if you will, between that organism, its frequencies, our frequencies, and therefore it does not harm that person um, or at all. And sometimes, you know, we've had conversations. I, I tend not to like to talk that much, uh, except on these interviews. So, <laughs> so I don't necessarily talk to the micro, but, you know, I was interviewing Cindy Dale, who's a um, very, you know, famous New York Times bestselling author about uh, energetic boundaries. And she, and I said, do you ever, do you ever like talk to microbes? Because 
you know, we've had these little things that we had to like kind of heal them. And, and then the, the whole person got better. So, oh yeah, yeah. And she was talking about, you know, a virus of some sort, herpes or something like that, that she had a, you know, a little conversation with for, for her client and basically said, look, you know what, if this, you know, it's not good for you, if this person dies, you know, so let's all get along, you know, and so whatever happened, uh, it just, you know, stopped being a problem for that person. So it's pretty cool what we can do energetically. And that's what I've seen in my practice as well. Absolutely. You know, people don't, you know, the fear that people have about, you know, microbes or viruses or diseases, it really prevents us from recognizing that we have so much more power personally than we've ever been given ourselves credit for, and that we can actually communicate with all of these organisms that we have the ability to speak to them. And we have the ability to live in peace and harmony. <laughs> with all of life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so true. I think the real virus is fear. Yeah. You would probably agree with that. One yeah. thousand and, million percent. <laughs> right. And, and as you can see from what's happened since 2020 is, is that it's transmissible. <laughs> Explain that. It's yeah. infectious. Yeah, it's infectious. And, and it, the thing is, is that... Um, you know, unless we are doing our own internal work, which of course, you know, there's stages and evolutions of that. It's not like you have to be perfect or mastery at it right away. And, you know, I'm still you know, growing towards that mastery myself. Um, that, and, uh, you know, if we're not doing that work, though, it's very, very easy to be caught up in the energetics of what we call mass consciousness or the hive consciousness of the planet or not the planet herself, sorry, the, you know, the people on the planets, so we call that the collective unconscious, uh, I think Carl Jung talked about, uh, or I call it mass consciousness. So I have found that we, we can actually, you know, quantify that for people. Like, what, you know, when I teach my students, we talk, teach them how to do divine muscle testing and asking the right question. So my claim to fame is really asking the right question because, <laughs> you know, anybody can divine muscle test once they know how. So it's like asking the right question is whatever I'm feeling right now, and I know you're you know, really big on this as well. You know, how much of that is my stuff and how much of that have I absorbed or entrained to mass consciousness or someone else's stuff? And what I find with highly sensitive people who I work with day in and day out is that unless they are aware uh, of their boundaries and also resonating in their core frequency, I call it the divine essence frequency, we can talk more about that in a sec. Um, then what happens is they can get really distracted and pulled away from their center by these energies and they can literally get depressed, anxious. You know, people will put them on medications, um, all sorts of things. And that fear becomes infected in their field and they don't even know that it's not there. So you can literally pluck that out of someone's field. But then, you know, even, after, even if they know how to do that, they do need to also resonate at their core frequency of who they really are to avoid you know, reattachment of these things in their field. Um, and, uh, and, but it's all, but it's all doable. And I think it's really important that people understand that. Absolutely. I teach this all the time to my clients that, um, you know, we can feel things that are not ours. You know, fear, guilt, doubt, shame, blame, anxiety, 
we feel that, you know, we think that just because we're feeling those things that they belong to us. And those, those emotions, they have thought strings attached to them. So every time we feel anxious, for instance, we have a whole bunch of thoughts that are connected to that feeling. So then we get lost in those thoughts going, oh my gosh, if this was just different, I wouldn't be feeling like this and blow. And we just go spiraling right down that rabbit hole. And it didn't belong to us in the first place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and here's the interesting thing, because I, it, it may seem like um, contradiction to other things that people are hearing. I wanted to clarify this one point. You know, you probably, you know, people, you know, listening in are probably thinking, well, gee, aren't we all one? right? If we're all one, it is my stuff, right? I mean, one could argue that, right? Mm -hmm. So my two cents of that, which may or may not be correct, but this is my current reality, current perceptions, is that yes, I mean, if you look at the quantum soup, if you look at energetics, we all come from the same photon, if you will, <laughs> or the singularity. And we are fractals, individuated fractals of the one, of the God, of the creator, whatever you want to call it. And so we're each having our individuated experiences within that whole. That is true. And when, because I, like I said, I work with sensitive souls day in and day out and teach them how to you know, navigate their sensitivity um, in the world, which can be challenging. Sometimes when we are feeling other people's stuff, it's because our sensors are like, woo, like wide open, right? It's like, you know, like the NASA on their big, huge satellites, whatever they use, right? It's like the size of a house, right? It's huge. That is not a problem. That is a gift. But when that gift is not, doesn't have any controls, okay, then we just feel too much. And so it's not about getting rid of the sensor and getting a smaller sensor. It's like literally you're telling the universe, oh, can you ungift me here? You know, no, that's not going to happen because we just keep evolving, right? So we get more sensitive actually as we evolve. What we need to do is be able to harness that gift and laser target it. What, what is it and tell it what do we want to know? What, what is it we want to understand? So sometimes it's about um, kind of reorganizing these gifts so we can use them for positive purposes in our life. So instead of suffering from them, we're actually able to succeed, you know, with them, which is one of the reasons why, you know, I'm doing a light warrior training camp, virtual immersion uh, coming up. Cause usually I do this live and in person and we teach people how to use that sensitivity into helping with intuiting, um, with uh, healing, with manifesting, you know, those three, you know, key things that people all want. And there's other times, you know, where when we're feeling stuff, because I will feel it too, I'll feel stuff. And then I'll ask with divine muscle testing, you know, um, is it for the highest range good for me to feel this? And sometimes the answer will be yes. You know, so in other words, it's not a blanket. Okay, we feel other people's stuff, let's get rid of it. Sometimes it's yes, I'm supposed to feel it. So then I ask why, what is for the highest range good for me to feel it? And the answer may be because of my level of responsibility, it might be you're there to transmute it you're there to teach something about it right so then i'll say okay if it's my job to transmute it then what happens is i send healing to the other which of course is still us right <laughs> we send healing to the other that shifts and then i feel better immediately so you know it, it's just a little bit deeper perspective on other people's stuff um it's not necessarily that we're not ever supposed to feel other people's stuff um, sometimes we can choose to feel it when we're like trying to figure out the best Christmas present for them. We call that intuitive impressioning. Um, or other times we do wake up feeling some other people's stuff. It's not comfortable. 
And then we can take that one extra step, especially for high spiritual responsibility and go, okay, is this, is this my role to deal with it? And if it is yes, then you will want the tools to be able to deal with that because you have that higher responsibility. And other people, they don't have that. Many, many people do not have that responsibility. They, their responsibility is to live their life, you know, be in joy, resonate that morphic field. They do not have to worry about healing anybody else right now. <laughs> and that's okay. So I think there's some discernment that's required in that space. Absolutely. You know, I got trapped in that whole anxiety attack kind of thing for a long, for a long time, you know, before I started to understand that, wait a minute, you know, this isn't, it, it's not necessarily a personal thing. You know, it's not necessarily my anxiety and I don't have to get stuck in it for days, weeks on end. And I can literally transmute it. And I feel I, at the time, it was like, well, I'll just clear it out of my energy field. But I realized that when I'm when I'm transmuting that, I'm also clearing it out of the, the general morphic field. So I'm helping to heal that that frequency itself. Right. So the more of us, um, regardless, you know, of our spiritual responsibility levels in this particular iteration of ourselves or, or our incarnations, um, that when we have a handle on our frequency, we, we get back to that divine, you know, essence of, of love and light, uh, the best that we can be. And it's like a process we talked about, right? Then what happens is we reinforce a positive morphic field. And the more people that are doing that in their own lives, this reinforcement just expands. And, and when people say, well, how come our, you know, uh, beneficial or benevolent extraterrestrial friends are not literally coming in and rescuing us, you know, from whatever we think is bad going on, part of it is because they have to wait for us to evolve. They can't step in and do everything for us right? We have to do it for ourselves. And so this is one of the ways is just focusing inwards on our essence. So we can reinforce that positive morphic field of love, light, harmony, and that will just expand throughout the world. Absolutely. You know, I feel that this is really kind of our mastery lifetime. It's, it's the lifetime where we learn how to master our own energy field, how we learn how to master our emotions, how we learn how to master our physicalness you know and that's not about you know become lording over our bodies it's about how to become masterful beings and we are body mind and soul but those are not three separate things it's three aspects of who we are and when we learn how to balance our energy field and our emotions then we bring body mind and soul back into one, into harmony. And then that expands that morphogenic field and brings balance to all around us. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know, you know, people that, especially that are sensitive and spiritually conscious, it can be really uncomfortable at times uh, when we are um, being asked to grow. And um, this discomfort, some people shy away from and want it to go away as soon as possible. <laughs> Understanding, and that could be something physical, that could be a diagnosis, uh, or it could be a breakup, or it could be a business problem, or what, there could be all sorts of things. But if we can see that everything is an opportunity, we can, yes, have our little cry, 
we can have our little stress moment and just honor that. Um, and then, you know, just to have that intention to go, okay, like instead of why me, it's like, now what? You know, like instead of that question, it's the wrong question. You know, the question is, okay, now what? How does this, how does this help me? How does this involve me? How does, why is this for the highest and greatest good? Like one of my uh, friends, Eldon Taylor, has a book, Choices and Illusions. And there's a quote in there I really like. And when something bad happens, like bad meaning we don't prefer it, right? He likes to say, wow, I can't wait to see what good comes out of this. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and it's a great quote because I've had to use it, right? And and I was like, oh, that's right. And that's, that's just a pattern interrupt to go, oh, yeah, I'm looking for the light. Like one time I was at a conference and talk about this in my book, this, this, uh, this scenario. So I was at a conference. I was away from home and we had a rental car. And, um, you know, my husband says, somebody dented the rental car. And I was like, oh, did they leave a note? And he goes, no. Right. So we, so, you know, I'm in the middle of this conference. So on the break, I call security and the funny thing, lucky, you know, in that, not lucky, but in that space, I was like, oh, okay. I wonder what good's going to come out of this. Right. So I already had that mindset. So I was like, nobody got killed. Nobody got hurt. Right. I mean, yes, it was a dent. It's inconvenient. But, you know, the rental insurance covers it. And I did feel bad for the car, but, you know, like it was part of our learning. And so the security guy was like so apologetic. Like he felt so bad. And my husband was like, that person didn't even know it. You know, like he was getting a little riled up there. And I, and, and he's kind of looking at me like, why are you so calm? Right. I'm like, nobody died. Nobody got hurt. And I just can't wait to see what good comes out of it. So I end up calling like the insurance guy, like on a Sunday, right? And I'm thinking, oh gosh, uh, I found his home number somehow. I said, I am so sorry to call you on a Sunday. I just can't remember what I'm supposed to do. You know, like he says, oh, okay, well, you do this, no problem. You do this, you do this, you write down this, right? And we'll cover it, no problem, right? And then right before we hang up the phone, he goes, by the way, I've been meaning to call you. I have a family member. Uh, you know, I really think that you could help her. So I just haven't gotten around to calling you, but now that I have you on the phone, can we arrange something? I said, sure, I'll call you Monday whenever I was back. And, and then we did, and we helped that family member. So then I was like, ah, that's what it was. We needed that interruption so that we can get together. And sometimes that'll happen and that's okay. If we just are curious, that's my favorite word these days, curious. <laughs> about what this can benefit us, you know, how it can benefit us, then we often will attract exactly what we need to benefit us. Absolutely. Yeah. And it seems that our biggest challenges turn out to be our greatest triumph when we get to the other side of that challenge, you know, but when we're in the challenge, we're so, we're so trained to go, Oh, poor me. Why is this happening to me? Yeah. And, those are not really very helpful questions or states of being. So being in that state of curiosity, you know, wow, how is this going to be like the greatest, you know, how, how is this going to be the greatest outcome? You know, what is going to be the greatest, you know, thing that I learned from this and how is this going to propel me forward to a whole new level of life and living? You know, it, we don't really, we're not trained to think that way. So Right, exactly. And we, we grow up with these societal norms, which actually are not all that helpful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
and and unfortunately, you know, some of us are you know considered weirdos. Um, by the way, I think you know the the weirdos, rebels, and you know the strange people are going to save the world. But anyway, yeah. So we 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 almost are like weirdos because we're talking about complete, like almost like we're on another. Like it feels like we're on another planet. You know, when we talk to people about it, and um, I think being open is really important to. Um, and, and taking in our humble pie, not in a bad way, but just, you know, understanding that there's, you know, something, you know, mysterious hidden about life and we just learn and evolve more. And, and I'm, I'm, you know, constantly being amazed at new information. Whereas before as a child, I was very rigid in my thinking, you know, this was right, this was wrong, this was good, this was bad, you know, and I wasn't very happy and I had terrible self-esteem. Um, and that's the thing is now that I have better self-esteem, that when things come in, you know, in my presence and questions my current beliefs, right? I can luckily go, ah, oh, interesting. Hmm, does this resonate? Doesn't this resonate? You know, and, and just be open to that possibility instead of just blanket go, nope, that can't be right. <laughs> you know, um, it's so much happier place to be. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, I grew up the same way with that that very rigid right and wrong, good and bad. And it, it, it was a terrible place to be because the energies were so rigid that they, they literally start forming prison walls, these invisible mm. prison walls. And I just remember feeling you know, so trapped and it, it literally felt like living inside an invisible prison. And I was like, I am in here, like I see out there, I see all of this freedom and ease and joy, but I'm stuck inside these walls of this prison. And what I realized was that it was these, these judgments of right and wrong and good and bad and should mm. and shouldn't. And it had really gotten me trapped. So it took me a really long time to start pulling those walls down. And, you know, it really took me basically kind of facing cancer and going, you know, I am really, really trapped. What do I, how do I get out of this? What's, you know, how do I resolve this? What do I need to know? And then when the information dropped in and it was like, hey, Lisa, there's you. And your cells. There is nobody attacking you. There is nothing attacking you. There is no cancer, big enemy thing. That it's you and your cells. Mm. And your cells are out of balance because you've been out of balance emotionally. And in in that moment, I realized, oh my gosh, everything that I have learned about disease isn't true. And that's when those walls started coming down, realizing like, wait a minute, if this isn't true, then what else have I learned? That's also not true. Like where, and so then I started really looking for those limiting beliefs. I started looking at the places in my life where like I didn't feel good, where I felt either fear or guilt or anxiety or shame or whatever it was. I was like, all right, there's another wall. How do I, how do I get rid of this wall? You know, how, what else is possible? Yeah, I love that. And um, 
you know, sometimes I, one of the things that happened to me a while back, this was back in the clinic when I still had my acupuncture doctor practice, I'm retired now, by the way, uh, is that um, I, you know, a patient came in with um, urinary tract infection, which was very odd. It wasn't something that, you know, we ever dealt with with her before. And, um, you know, uh, I thought, well, that's interesting. <laughs> so it just popped in my mind to ask her who she's pissed at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, her eyes got big. She goes, how did you know? <laughs> I said, well, because your body told us, right? right? Kind of obvious. So she says, yeah, well, you know, we just were dealing with this neighbor. They just cut down, you know, a 200-year-old tree. And it was, you know, it was bordering our property that, you know, there was no conversation. I'm very, very upset at it. And I said, yeah, so you're angry. She says, well, no, I'm more disappointed. I said, no, you're angry. Because yeah. I would be angry too. And she goes, you get angry. And I thought to myself, uh-oh, because I have put people on a pedestal before, mentors, coaches, you know, and I, you know, it's a habit and this is what happened. And I said, yeah, I do get angry. I guess I don't, you know, I mean, it's not that obvious in the clinic, you know, cause I'm just having so much fun. Uh, but it just shocked her that I was angry. So it, I think for me, it was, I learned that um, maybe that's helpful for people to see other aspects of myself. You know, um, and yeah, you know, I'm like the funny one that, you know, on Instagram, I'm bawling. I'm like, oops, that happened. Okay. You know, <laughs> most of my videos, well, actually all of them are really unscripted, right? So sometimes things happen and, you know, I tell people about my reactions and I tell people about what in this moment, you know, happened and, you know, like me, like red pilling a friend of mine by accident because I got triggered by, you know, a bunch of kids wearing masks and then I was like, blah, you know. And then I apologize, you know, so it's like that mastery isn't about perfection and being a recovering perfectionist. You might be the same uh, previously recovering perfectionist. We, you know, we wanted just to share with people that it's a process and really be compassionate and loving for yourself. Um, you don't have to be perfect and, and you don't aspire necessarily to be perfect like your coach or mentor or anything like that, because we're human as well. It's just that, you know, that if we can help you reperceive what, you're currently perceiving that isn't serving you, then that could make a big difference. Just knowing full well, we are working on our stuff all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and I think that's a great point because so many people think that the negative emotions are wrong, right. you know, that we Correct. shouldn't yeah. be feeling anger or disappointment or fear. And I say, no, we're here to experience all of it all energies are available. You know, I think I, I talk about the universe like a gigantic paint store. You know, it's like all the colors of the rainbow are available. You know, so all of the colors of energy from the, the evilest of the darkest of the dark to the lightest and the brightest of the bright, the unconditional love and the darkest of the fear, it's all available. And you know, when you walk into the paint store, it's not that the, the black paint is bad paint and the white paint is the good paint. It's like, they're all just colors of paint and it's all just energy and frequency. And we're here to experience all of it, but we're not here to get trapped in right. it. Right, <laughs> right. It's, it's so, yeah, it's so important to point because, you know, I was a big fan of the movie, The Secret, you know, from um, 2006. It was a beautiful movie, really well done. And, um, but it did get some people into a boxed way of thinking. 
uh, because it was simplistic, right? It was simplistic, uh, you know, because, you know, otherwise it'd be six hours. So, um, you know, people thought, well, I can't have a negative emotion. And, and there's still, you know, law of attraction coaches out there that keep blaming themselves for attracting a forest fire in their county or whatever, uh, because they think, oh, it must have been my thoughts or it must have been, you know, what, what did I not do right or that kind of thing, right? And uh, I remember doing this Facebook Live one time um, because it dawned on me that people were thinking this kind of thing we're talking about is not, it's not okay to be sad. So I thought, well, you know, so I've had a little conversation with Source. It's like, okay, if someone's feeling sad, if they're, you know, in their body feeling sad, is it possible to feel sad and also be in a high vibration? The answer was yes. And I thought, well, that's not what the secret said. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but how I, you know, interpreted this was that if you're actually aware, right, if you're actually aware of the emotion and you choose to continue feeling that emotion for that moment, that awareness and lack of judgment or, you know, lack of making yourself, you know, that awareness actually then bumps you right back up into that core frequency. And one of the things I teach people to do in my book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, um, and this is like kind of like the core practice, if you will. I call it stillness through observing internal movement. For those of us that are not very good at sitting meditation, this is perfect. <laughs> so what we teach people to do is actually feel the energy in their body in whatever state they're in. So if you are, if people are sad or angry, what does it feel like in your body in that moment? There's a story I had. I don't know if you know this one, Lisa, where, you know, I had watched a scary movie, The Ring. I don't recommend it unless you really <laughs> love scary movies. Um, and I was so scared that I couldn't sleep for three days. I had tried meditating. I had tried oming. I tried Kundalini yoga. I tried progressive relaxation. I tried alternate mouse breathing in bed. I mean, everything I tried didn't work. <laughs> so I didn't really sleep very well for three days. And, and then a couple of years went by. And then my friend was moving. And I saw in her moving box the ring two, <laughs> the sequel. So I'm like, oh my gosh, because it, it left on a cliffhanger, right? So I'm like, I have to see what happens. And my husband's like, you really want to do that? Like, you didn't sleep for three days, right? And I was like, I don't know, I don't know. So I said, can I borrow this? She's like, sure. So I borrow it. I'm humming and hawing, humming and hawing. Do I watch this? Do I watch this? Like, you know, anyway, because I'm thinking I'm not going to get any sleep. So finally, I decided I'm going to watch this, right? So I watched it. It was super scary. It does resolve, thankfully, but it was super <laughs> scary. And I'm like, Woo, you know, scared again. And I'm going to bed and I'm thinking, well, here we go. Right. I'm not going to sleep. <laughs> so I thought, well, we tried all these different methods before it didn't work. So I'm lying in bed and I'm seeing the scenes in my mind over and over again. Right. This scary monster and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I was like, okay, well, let's see, I'm not, I'm not even going to bother doing everything I tried before. So, and so part of me just said, I'm just going to freaking be scared. I'm just going to be scared. Just be scared. Right. So then I thought, okay, if I'm scared, so what does scared feel like in my body? And just like a light switch, suddenly my awareness turned inwards and I felt these waves of adrenaline, but we didn't label it, just waves going (laughs) in my body. It felt so intense. My heart was beating so hard. It felt like it was moving the bed. And I was like, whoa, like the part of me, like the observer witness was like, wow that's interesting. Right. And I'm just observing, like, where's the energy going? How big is it? I'm moving the bed. Well, you know, I fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then I woke up and I was like scratching my head going, huh, that was interesting. So all the other things I had tried to do to get rid of the scared didn't work. If I was being there with the scared, that was the quickest, fastest way to go through it instead of resisting it. And I told this to my, you know, uh, my spiritual teacher at the time, Pat Jones. And I said, I think I know what being present is now. <laughs> she, she just nods in her very, you know, sweet and, you know, you know, uh, masterful way. She's like, yes, you know, and, and that was it. I, I didn't really understand what being present was because I'm so much in my head. I didn't realize that all I needed to do was turn my attention in inwards to my body and feel it. And like you teach, you know, the body is an amazing vessel. We need that relationship with it. And so many of us are up in our, in the clouds with our heads and, and thinking, 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 instead of just being. So I finally understood what she had meant all those years about being. Because she had said, it's not what you do, Karen, that makes the biggest difference for people. It's who you are being while you're doing. And that struck me. And I just didn't understand what she meant until I had this experience. And so that is actually the first core chapter, except for the intro, you know, three chapters, it's the chapter four, you know, in my book is the stoem technique, stillness through observing internal movement, because I found that a lot of my clientele and my students are very clairsentient. They feel a lot through their body. So we might as well turn that talent on its head and go, okay, let's use that talent. Absolutely. You get you to connect to zero point feel, get you to connect to stillness in here through observing here. And it's worked like a charm. That's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. So many of us, you know, as soon as we go into resistance and we go, I don't like this and I want to push it away and I want it to be gone, that resistance, it just literally, it, it's like pushing up against a wall yep. and we just lock ourselves in place. But when we go into the feeling and we start noticing the energy, just like you did, you know, this is the frequency in my body. How does this feel? What does this feel like? Where is it moving to? Where is it going? Where that's looking at the energy itself. And then as soon as we just look at it, it can transform. And yeah. it's so beautifully simple. It is simple. Yeah. Yes. And then. You know, and it's like, you know, I have parents, you know, uh, you know, clients teaching it to their children. The child, child was actually the client, but to, you know, only six. So the parents were on the call with me and, and they're teaching their child in whichever way they felt was appropriate, like being in their happy place and, you know, doing it with them. I said, it's not useful for you to tell them to do it. And you don't do it yourself. <laughs> I don't know when they get on that call with me that I'm going to give them homework, home play, home play, home play. So, <laughs> yeah. And so, so, so a five-year-old can learn it. A three-year-old can learn it, right? It's, it's, it's something that we were not trained, but we could create a new generation of young people that do get trained in this. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, this Light Warrior Training Camp is, is really about that, uh, the book, um, but live, you know, and uh, working with people to get them to harness those superpowers. And then my eventual you know, my, my dream is to be able to have an in-person live camp for all three sets of age groups. So the children, the teens, and the adults, um, teach them in all four continents, have teachers that teach the camp in all four continents. So I know it's a big, 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 big dream. And right now I'm not even willing to travel at this point. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, you know, it's, it's not, uh, currently the current realities so we're doing it online. But I think it's so powerful for all these people around the world to just learn these simple but profound 
things and toolbox. So because we're not training it in schools, we're not training it in our family because we don't know. Absolutely. You know, and I think your point about working with the kids is so pertinent because the kids, they still have their, their imagination fully intact. They are, they are able to look at energy. They're able to see the unseen because we see the unseen with our third eye, which is our, our imagination. And from the time we're kids in school, we're taught, stop daydreaming, pay attention. You know, and our imagination is cut off. You yeah. know, we're told there is no invisible friend. There are no little angels sitting there with you at that tea party. You know, wake up and see what's going on. You know, it's, and we're talked right out of our imagination. And we're told mm -hmm. that's just your imagination. That's not real. And so we shut our imaginations down. And then we can't see the unseen. And then we don't believe the energy even exists, you know? Right, we right. That we can see. We don't believe that we are, are clairvoyant and clairsentient and clairaudient because we've shut those down, because we've been told that it's wrong. So mm -hmm. we start working with those kids who still have all of their clairs open and active, we can simply empower them to pay attention to them. And we could change this planet in under a, under a decade. If yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful, you know, um, thing uh, to visualize this happening. And the many of our uh, TV shows and movies actually show us many different possibilities. Also, what's really going on in the world behind the scenes, but also the positive possibilities of it. The last Mimsy, for example, the last scene is exactly what we're talking about is, is children being taught, you know, these things and maximizing their clairs and maximizing their spiritual abilities, you know, um, and they, in that case, you know, they were actually levitating, which is really cool. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah that's a, a great, I, you know, one of our favorite movies with kids in it is called The Last Mimsy. I highly recommend it. And what you said about imagination, Lisa, is really, really key. One of the things that even, you know, benevolent extraterrestrials have really appreciated humans for is our vast, um, amazing imagination, our ability to imagine, and even our emotions fueling in our imagination. So we are amazing creators. We were just not taught that. And then there were certain, you know, people that help us um, see the light, if you will, by being the dark <laughs> uh, in that space. But it's one of those talents um, that, that we have as humans. So part of that, you know, becoming um, this beautiful masterful manifester is really taking that imagination and running with it, you know, instead of being scared of it. And there's, you know, some coaching involved related to that because there is a lot of fear. What if I don't get it? What if people get hurt? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? Um, and then if we let ourselves go like, like children, um, then amazing things happen. That's why I love teaching weather magic to kids because they don't have a preconceived idea that it's not going to work. Right. So, so my uh, then 14-year-old uh, niece, uh, James's niece, uh, was Christmas in Texas, and uh, the weather report said they were going to get tornadoes and cold weather, and it was going to be a horrible Christmas, yada, 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 right? So we're sitting in the car driving uh, from their house um, 
and to their house rather. And I turn to the 14 year old and I say, do you want a different Christmas? Do you want to do weather magic? She goes, what's that? <laughs> I said, well, we're just going to call in the weather we want. And uh, I, we could use your help. Would you be willing? Sure. How do I do it? Right. So we're in the backseat of the car and we're just telling her this is how you do it. Da, 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 right. She does this imagination because she knows what our house looks like. She knows what, you know, I don't really know her place as well. So we had her, we tuned in our imagination, her imagination, that kind of thing. And of course the driver, you know, the grandma was like, okay, whatever, you know, <laughs> like, you know, so, and I said, okay, here's the key. And I think this is the key for everyone today. Here's the key. When you're creating something, there is a lag time between your creation and when it manifests. During that time, you will be challenged. You'll be challenged by everybody that says it can't be done, right? So I said to her, I said, look, what's going to happen is they're going to have the news on every day. They're going to tell us how awful it's going to be and how awful Christmas are. So I want you to be prepared. When that happens, we're going to elbow each other and we're going to remember what we said was going to happen. And we're going to picture it and feel it in our bodies. Can you do that? She was, yeah, I can do that, right? So that's exactly what happened, right? All the adults were like, turn on the news, oh, this is going to be horrible, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we would look at each other, we'd elbow each other and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Christmas comes, right? No tornadoes. <laughs> it's sparsely sunny. It's a beautiful day. And in fact, so so beautiful, they the the niece and James was, you know, jumping up and down on the trampoline for like three hours. They had such a blast. And, uh, you know, and the funny thing is, okay, so so the adults don't say anything. So I'm like, really? <laughs> so I say to one of them, I said, so how do you like the weather we manifested? She goes, oh, you guys did good. She says, but, but it's too windy. We can't barbecue the steaks. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. We'll work on that for you. Right? So we go out and said, okay, we got another job to do, Ryan. So we got to. Let's go and uh, we'll do something different. We'll just ask our angel friends to help us with the weather, right? How's that sound? She goes, oh, that sounds great, right? So we do this little five-minute thing. We ask Archangel Uriel, please clear the, you know, we would like to barbecue today, <laughs> So then we go back to jumping on the trampoline. And sure enough, the wind dies down. Sun comes out. We barbecue. And, yeah, the adults are like, yeah, you guys did good, right? But did they do it on, like, do they do it? No. They let us do it. They witnessed the miracle happening, right? Yeah. But the nice thing is with the children is that they go, oh, I did it. That's cool. I could do it again. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. And one of my teens who's now, you know, in her 20s, when I saw her in the office before, she says, I didn't re actually remember who taught me all this stuff. But then I read your book and I'm like, it was you. And I still use it to this day. Some of the skill sets. So that was cool. That was very heartwarming. <laughs> yeah. Imagination is the key. Absolutely. And the the zero resistance. Yeah. Like zero doubt, the zero yeah. fear, the zero second guessing. It's right. like, you know, using our imagination and allowing it to be real. You know, that's the hardest part. Even mm -hmm. and for me this to this day, you know, working with my angelic teams you know, to really allow it to be real. I mean, it definitely is real for me now. But I remember, you know, when I had my my cousin uh, passed away and she was my only girl cousin. We were the exact same age, six, exactly six months apart. Uh -huh. And when she passed away, it was really, it was pretty traumatic. But yeah. then um, she, she hung out with me 
for a long time afterwards. Like it was, it was so clear, but it was, you know, before I had really started my awakening process and it was just like, oh, you know, Lise, this is just your imagination. You know, I would talk to her and have these conversations and then I would go, oh, that was, that couldn't have been real. You know, that was just my imagination. And, you know, so after a while, she kind of got tired of me going, yeah, but it's not real. So she, she moved on and, and we didn't have those conversations that much anymore. But I learned from that. And I was like, wait a minute, that was actually what was real. She was right there talking to me, just like you and I are talking right now. Simply because she's not in a physical body does not mean that she's not right there. It's like we mm -hmm. don't have to have physicalness for it yes. to be real. And that's where we have all, as humanity, kind of gone off the rails because yeah. you know, now we all believe that it has to be physical in order for it to be real. And it's so not true. And we're doing ourselves such a disservice by not seeing that who we are as beings is non-physical. <laughs> we're just mm -hmm. in these physical bodies. These physical bodies are the vehicle that we're using to have a physical experience. It's yeah. not who we are. We are non-physical beings. So the non-physical is actually what's real. Yeah, I think that's it's such a mind-bending thing for a lot of people. Our science that we're teaching in schools and even universities are 50, 60 years behind. So whatever they're, you know, whatever is true with, you know, uh, just take quantum physics, for example, I mean, like 50, 60 years old, but those concepts have not trickled down into the learnings. So we still have this old fashioned, if you will, learning of what's real and there are people and teachers that are trying to bridge that gap, right? Like Lynn McTaggart is a great journalist, you know, bridging that gap. Bruce Lipton, one of my favorites, and he's a yeah. sweetheart, you know, uh, bridging that gap because he's a cell scientist and saying, hey, you know, this is what I found and this is the evidence. So for those of us that are willing to entertain even the possibility, then we start to find these people coming out of the woodwork to actually support that. And the thing is, it's like, well, what works, right? If somebody says, like, I don't want to believe in that. Right. I'm not going to force them to believe in it or, you know, believe in Asian medicine or anything like that. It's like, you know what? It's your body, your choice, your, you know, your mind, whatever. It, if it serves you, then continue that path. Right. If it doesn't serve you and you want a different way, then great. Let's talk. Exactly. <laughs> We're not trying to make people like believe what we believe, which is very tough these days because uh, people are trying to wake people up and it can be very traumatic, uh, potentially. Um, some people don't want to be quote unquote woken up and, uh, it could be way too traumatic for them. Um, and so we have to be really discerning on how we do it. And sometimes we make lots of mistakes <laughs> and, uh, you know, then we learn from it and then we just, you know, as long as, as long as we have that bubble of love around everything that we do and say in that space, that can be really, really helpful. And we model what it is, right? So if we're stressed out, if we're angry, if we're in fear, why should anybody listen to us? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Michelle says, I love this part about the weather. I spent the last two days sitting in my basement catatonic because of storms. So I need to create miracles. So, <laughs> yeah, weather magic, chapter 13. <laughs> the sensitivity is your superpower uh, book. And it's, it's, um, 
you know, like, you know, little kids can do it. And I think the hardest part was actually one of my people, we were talking about hype in media, I think, uh, some sort of article related to that. Somebody had uh, emailed me back and said, I think you're not being very um, sensitive, you know, by, you know, talking about hype because, you know, people who are, and she lived in, you know, someplace that wasn't having a hurricane, but anyway, so she says, well, these people that are living in there, I mean, it's not hype to them, like they're really experiencing it. And I was, you know, trying to say, okay, well, you know, my intention was to talk about the media and how they use specific words to trigger people's emotions to get them on this one track, which sells things. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and hijacks their imagination. Right. Yes. Their imagination, then we imagine it into reality. Right. The words. And now we have some fun over it in our group. You know, when we have these news rep- weather reports and you'll see the words destroy, annihilate. And, and we actually circle them, you know, and go, oh, there's a good trigger word. Oh, there's a good trigger. Oh, I didn't think of that one. Right. And we, we make it kind of a game, um, which really deflates the energy out of those words. But interestingly, that one thing, because, you know, you know, I'm, I'm being open. So I'm like, okay, so let me see how I could be more sensitive. You know, like there's a, an element of what she was saying. I really wanted to respect and understand. Right. So I'm just being open there, not defensive, but just open to that. And in the same day, another student wrote me, she was actually in the path of the hurricane in Hawaii. And she says, thank you so much for writing that article. Because it reminded me when I was a child and a hurricane would hit and things were flying around, I thought it was cool. It was fun. And we got out of school, right? And since being married to my husband from the mainland, we call it mainland, he's terrified of hurricanes because he's never grew up with it. So I realized that I latched onto his terror. And as an adult, I became terrorized and afraid of hurricanes. And now, thanks to your article, I remember what I used to feel like as a child. And I, I've i decided that I'm not going into that fear anymore. I'm going to have a childlike attitude and just forget the media hype. So here's someone actually in the hurricane. <laughs> and so that was the universe just reflecting back to me. Yeah, there's just these different perspectives. Absolutely. You know, and that fear is contagious. It is so magnetic. It pulls us right in. And, you know, doubt is the same way. And, you know, then, then, it's, then we just get in our own ways. You know, and then, you know, I think one of the key words in Michelle's comment is, I need to create miracles. That need is a resistance. You know, it's like, no, let's just play. Let's play. Yeah. Some miracles. Let's just do this for fun. Yeah. Just a little tweak. Yeah. Just a little tweak. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we get into this thing, like I need to have this thing happen. Mm-hmm. And then we can't because we're, there's too much heaviness in that. So right. You know, and- the ability to just play and be light and joyful. I remember being a kid and having to go to school and learn all this stuff. And I was like, I just want to live. Like, I just want to learn how the universe works. Like, I know the universe works completely differently than this human reality works. Like, I want to know what's real. Like, you know, I didn't want Yeah, that must have been really challenging for you to be awake amongst the sleepy and the 
I was very well indoctrinated and, and very much a rule follower. And uh, now that I'm a rebel, it's hilarious. But <laughs> but yeah, I was like, not, not even in that space. For me, it was like, I love school. You know, I'm going to yeah. get an A. You know? <laughs> I was probably annoying to all the people that, you know, didn't want to do that. But um, yeah, I, I love what you said about that that need. And so we, we do, you know, commonly get uh, wrapped up in that, you know, from time to time. It's uh, completely human but uh it's true we can just remember that we play i remember when the you know the pandemic first hit and one of my students was like please pray we have like prayer tuesdays in our group so please pray that you know we don't get locked down because you know that that'll like ruin our you know economy and ruin the business and and you know my husband won't be able to work and everything like that and i said okay here's the thing i said yes we we will pray for the best outcome right but that doesn't mean you get what you want and I said, whatever's for the highest and greatest good, we will pray for. But that doesn't mean you get to necessarily dictate how the world's going to be, because if it's for the greater good on some level to have this experience, then I we're not gonna like pray ourselves out of that. And that's exactly what happened. Everybody went into lockdown, right? Mm -hmm. So, but it was an interesting perspective. You know, because oftentimes we are able to move hurricanes, uh, you know, change storms. My, my sister had a big fire in, uh, you know, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. They were ready to evacuate. And I'm like, not on our watch. Right. So, <laughs> so we, we play around with, with, with funny things like that. But uh, yeah. And so we did the weather magic. The fire was contained in 24 hours. And then within three days, it rained exactly what they were praying for. So, you know, miracles happen. It's for the highest and greatest good. We just can't get attached to how it should look in our lives. Absolutely. You know, some of my, some of my mastering alchemy friends, um, you know, they've had terrible, you know, stories of terrible windstorms, tornadoes or whatever, and their property, not even a leaf down, <laughs> but all around destruction, but they were fine. Like, yeah. They knew that they were protected. They knew that they were fine. They, they talked to the elementals. Yep. And they created their own weather magic and the houses around them were affected. They were fine. So there are so many ways that this can show up in our lives. And, you know, to be able to recognize when somebody is, is hijacking our imaginations and trying to point us in the direction, like you say, of death and destruction and devastation, and, you know, all of this, it's like, we have the ability to look in a different direction because all experiences are available to us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We can be inspired and, and almost have a sense of humor related to that. Go, gotcha. I know what you're trying to do. Thanks so much. Right. <laughs> exactly. You know, and when it comes to our bodies and healing, it's, we have the we have the two paths. We can go down the path of disease and destruction, or we can go, hey, let's see how this turns out to be the greatest thing ever. Like, how does this turn how does this turn out better than I could possibly have expected? You know, I trust my body. I know that my body is healing itself right as we speak. And we can choose the path of our destiny. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> yes. So thank you so much, Karen. I really appreciate you being on the show today. And 
let's uh, let's let everybody know how they can contact you. Uh, well, um, I do have uh, a lot of freebies uh, that I yeah that I have um, the the actual uh, there's like a little 30 minute training that you can do on this technique I talked about earlier stillness through observing internal movement called stoem and when you're able to uh, be while you do um, whether it be doing dishes you know reading watching a scary movie. <laughs> Then we call that stillness on the fly. So uh, stillnessonthefly.com is the freebie. So you can go ahead and take that 30 minute training. And if you'd like, you can also download that. Um, there's a little MP3 that kind of just walks you through the technique. But once you know it, you know, you don't have to listen to the MP3, you know, more than a couple of times, uh, just to remind yourself how to do that technique. And then we'll be literally, you know, training that live at the Light Warrior training camp as well. So you can check out that. Um, there is an early bird savings of $50 right now before July 7th, lightwarriortrainingcamp.com. And it's a virtual immersion. We're doing it over um, two weekends, uh, July 24th, 25th, 31st, and August 1st. And it's going to be 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern with breaks in between. It's interactive. <laughs> so highly recommended people come alive obviously, you know, for the interactions, for me to help you, guide you. We're going to be in groups. We're going to be doing telekinesis. We're going to be doing hands-on healing. We're going to be actually, you know, it's not just about me talking about it. You're actually going to be doing transformational telepathy, weather magic, et cetera. And uh, so you can just check out the lightwarriortrainingcamp.com and, you know, listen to some of the students, what their experience was. It's always very inspirational to, to listen to others, not just me. <laughs> and yeah. And anytime, you know, people want to connect with me, they can go to KarenCan.com and there's all the different connections there as well. Beautiful. So I've put the, I've put the links in the chat and in Facebook, in my group, Soul Source Thank Healing. Thank you. And we'll put the links on the, in the comments on the YouTube chat in the description on YouTube. So that anybody that's watching on either platform can reach out and find you. So really appreciate that. If you are if you are watching on Facebook, drop us a drop us a comment and hashtag replay. Let us know that you've been watching. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to our channels, and, and please reach out to either one of us if you are if you are in need of need, if you are looking to change some points of view, if you are ready to become masterful of your life of your body of your healing of energy if you want to harness your superpowers and start really creating a beautiful life for yourself reach out to either one of us you can find me at uh, connecting you to you.com that's spelled out in full y-o-u-t-o-y-o-u connecting you to you.com so thank you so much, Karen, for joining us today. Dr. Karen Can, everybody. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Yes. And until next week, create for yourselves a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Connecting You to You Radio. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Are you ready to discover more about how simple healing your body can actually be when you do it from the higher wisdom of your soul? To learn more about what I do and how you can work with me, visit ConnectingYouToYou.com and get on my mailing list to be the first to know about my latest offerings. If you'd like to interact with me on Facebook, 
please join my group, Soul Sourced Healing. Check the show notes below for these links and more. I hope to see you again next time on Connecting You to You Radio.